Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the annual plan and also to download a training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. I talk a lot about external fraud on this podcast, but just as important is internal or occupational fraud um, because you're paying these fraudsters. So what are some red flags to spot employees that perpetrate this type of fraud? Uh, We'll talk about that on today's episode and then also stick around to the end to hear of an occupational fraud case that involved former President Ronald Reagan's hometown. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 192, Behavioral Red Flags of Occupational Fraud and How It Affected Former President Ronald Reagan's Hometown. So if you haven't heard of the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners or ACFE, they are a professional association of fraud examiners uh, and they publish studies on occupational fraud. Now the ACFE is the world's largest anti-fraud organization and premier provider of anti-fraud training and education. Now each year they publish a report to the Nations, which is a global study on occupational fraud and abuse. And what I really like about it is, yes, they have a report that you can uh, review and read, but they also have a subject level infographics that summarize the key report findings. And that is what we are going to talk about today. We're going to focus on one, but I will tell you, and I'll put the link to uh, the report. And if you scroll all the way down, you'll see the infographics. I'll put the link to that in the show notes, but they have infographics on key findings, the global cost of fraud, how do perpetrators conceal their frauds, uh, and uh, even more, one of which I am focusing on today's podcast, which is the behavioral red flags of fraud. So when I click on it, I go straight to a PDF and that PDF is a two pages. It's two pages. And the first page just hits you with eight key warning signs. Now these eight key warning signs, uh, the ACFE reports that 85% of all frosters displayed at least one behavioral red flag. So 
Let's start um, with number one. Uh, the first one had the highest percentage, 39%, and that is living beyond means. And not only was it the most prevalent, but Frosters living beyond their means have been the most common red flag in every study since 2008. And so let me see if I have my math. This is 2022. Uh, This is the report we're reading. And so that has been 14 years. And also um, keep in mind, don't forget, stay to the end. And I'll talk about that again with President Ronald Reagan's hometown. So that's the first one. The second one is financial difficulties. And that definitely could have been Uh, an issue. And maybe that you might have missed that because of the events of the last couple of years, anything could have happened, right? With job uncertainty, maybe a spouse lost their job. And so financial difficulties could have been uh, displayed or that behavior could have been displayed in more employees than normal and not all of them are going to perpetrate fraud, but it is definitely uh, the second highest at 25% of uh, the red flags for uh, behavioral red flags for occupational fraud. Now, a note on that, um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but uh, the ACFE also has an infographic on COVID's ex- uh, effect on occupational fraud. Uh, the only reason I didn't include that in this episode is uh, they base these reports on investigations of fraud, not on uh, when the fraud was perpetrated. So the time period of 2020-2021 um, really won't be investigated or uh, actually in some cases won't even be found yet, but it's a result of the investigation. And so the investigations on the frauds that were per- perpetrated during that time period are just not available yet. And so I didn't include that. Uh, They did say, ACFE did say that they're looking for like 2024 to include the effects of COVID on occupational fraud um, based on uh, investigation. So uh, hopefully I'll still have this podcast and I will bring that to you. All right. So going back to behavioral uh, red flags. So we already talked about talked about living beyond uh, means, financial difficulties. And now to the third one, which was in 20 percent of the cases, an unusually close association with a vendor or customer. Now, I will say in my professional experience, uh, I remember at a Fortune 10 company that I was with that every two to three years, the purchasing team would switch uh, the uh, categories and the vendors that they had relationships with. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I am sure this had something to do with it. And this could be uh, relevant or that, uh, uh, that type of position rotation, which is an internal control, uh, could be relevant for a vendor team if the accounts payable team or the vendor team members will handle or serve vendors based on their names. So it's based on like the alphabet, A through H, you know, and so on. And so that could be something that you could, if that is true with your company or something similar, 
uh, you could do the same thing that that Fortune 10 company did and rotate uh, those vendors. Uh, just the idea. So that was 20%. And now we go to the fourth one uh, at 13%. And that was, or that is control issues, unwilling to share duties. Now, a great example of this is those folks that do not want to take a vacation because they don't want anyone else doing their job. All right. So now let's go to the fifth one. And this is 12%. It's irritability, subconscious, or defensiveness. Now we've all been there when we asked uh, an employee, especially if they're a direct report, you know, why they did something, how they did something. uh, And their response is irritability, um, suspiciousness. They get really defensive. That could definitely be a red flag of fraud. Now this next one, uh, number six, uh, is 12%. And it is bullying or intimidation. I do have to tell you that the bullying piece, depending on your corporate culture, can just be a part of your corporate culture and or right um, one of these behavioral red flags of fraud. And so uh, you need to you might have more people to suspect depending on where you work. Cause again, that could just be a part of the culture, but don't let it slide because again, it could be a behavioral red flag of fraud. And it is in 12% of the cases that they investigated. All right. Uh, the last two. So the next one is 11%. And this is when employees have divorce or family problems. Again, the events of the last uh, 24 months, I would say, uh, may have had or increased the number of employees that uh, exhibit the, this behavior. Uh, and it doesn't mean that everyone is going to perpetrate fraud, but it uh, it was in 11% of the cases that they investigated. The last one, uh, 10% is a wheeler dealer attitude. Now in accounts payable or uh, the vendor team, right? Responsible for adding and updating existing vendors, even for external fraud, right? The wheeler dealer attitude definitely is not something that is, uh, should be encouraged because there are specific rules and internal controls and authentication and best practices Uh, When you're dealing with vendors and vendor-sensitive data that could affect their payments, and there really should be no wheeler-dealer attitude uh, in that process. So those were the eight. I'm going to repeat them again. Uh, The first one uh, was living beyond means. Uh, Second one was financial difficulties. Third one was unusually close association with vendor or customer. Uh, The fourth one was control issues, unwilling to share duties. Fifth one was irritability, suspiciousness or defensiveness. Uh, Sixth one, bullying or intimidation. Seventh one is divorce or family problems. And then the last one, wheeler dealer attitude. Now they did have some gender and red flags, like which one of those red flags uh, or which gender Um, exhibited 
which behavior red, uh, red flags the most. And so um, more common with female fraudsters is living beyond means. That was the number one, uh, financial difficulties, and then recent divorce or family problems. And then more common with male fraudsters was, uh, uh, the unusually close association with vendor customer wheeler dealer attitude, and then bullying or intimidation uh, in that order. So the first one, um, I said was the highest and then the last one, the lowest, Um, Okay, so with that, uh, hopefully you learned some behavioral red flags of fraud so that what happened to Ronald Reagan's or former president Ronald Reagan's hometown won't happen to your uh, your company or your organization. So thanks for sticking around. Let's talk about that now. And I've actually talked about this before. I don't know where I saw it. Uh, originally, but there was a uh, Netflix documentary called All the Queen's Horses. And All the Queen's Horses is about a finance director for the city of Dixon, or used to be the city of Dixon, Illinois. Uh, And again, that was the hometown of uh, former President Ronald Reagan. And this finance director embezzled more than $20 million. Now, if you look it up now, some will say, or some sources will say $53 million. But the more Well, I guess that is a lot of money, but the biggest shock is that uh, it is over or it was done over a 20 year period. And the ACFE uh, has reported before that the biggest issue with occupational or internal fraud is a lack of internal controls. And that is actually exactly what happened here. So as a result, their infrastructure, meaning the city of Dixon, uh, Illinois, their infrastructure, uh, roads, uh, bridges, they were all overdue for repair and maintenance. Uh, now, uh, the that the fraud was uh, identified, stopped, um, they start selling uh, some of the horses that she had. Uh, they are now using that money to rebuild and repair Uh, after, again, selling those horses and then some other assets that she had. But what's really interesting is how she was able to pull it off for that long and then how she was caught just by, you know, a a hair of her head, right? She was just, she was caught just as a fluke. Uh, And then also, you know, how they missed the biggest red flag, which was, living beyond her means. And again, that was the number one behavioral red flag that the ACFE uh, mentioned in their report based on the uh, investigations or the cases that were investigated. So I will have the link in the show notes to the documentary uh, on YouTube. So it used to be on Netflix. Now it's on YouTube. And as of the date of uh, the recording of this podcast, uh, which is in June of 2022, it is still on YouTube and it is still free. So I'm going to have the show notes uh, to that documentary 
on YouTube if you would like to check that out. Uh, that docu uh, documentary is about an hour and 10 minutes, and it's very enlightening, especially as you listen to the interviews of her former workers in that office, also of the mayor as well. So check that out. The link will be in the description. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 192nd episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.